Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello friends, welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. I'm Don Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. My goal is to reinforce Christianity with the wisdom and the words of Jesus, which incidentally are recorded in red in many of your Bibles. You know what Jesus said? What Jesus did? What he said to do? This series is based on Jesus and his life, his friends, his ministry, and his relationship with his Father, as recorded in the four Gospels. I'm going to delve into mysteries that have been hidden, not from us, but for us, in the words of Jesus. Thanks for joining us. We've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is probably one of the most famous uh, sermons of all times. Certainly one of some of the most famous words that Jesus ever said. However, um, I'm afraid that over time, um, because we've pretty much learned what the scriptures have to say, and um, in many cases we've taught ourselves and our children and our grandchildren to memorize these scriptures, I'm afraid that a lot of times when we're reading through the Sermon on the Mount, we have that feeling like, uh, ah, I've been there, yeah, I heard that. Um, and uh, I really, if I can accomplish anything in you, it would be for you to purposefully dispense with that notion. Um, you may know the words of Jesus. You may have them memorized. I don't know. But um, there comes a time when the words of Jesus become the word of God. Now, if you're under the impression that whatever you read in the Bible is indeed the word of God, um, you pretty much uh, are prob you're probably on the right track if your idea is to uh, memorize them and put them into your mind. But if you understand that the Word of God is alive, and it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, when I say that, I use the pronoun it. Um, and um, many people don't have a problem with that. But if you will read and reread that scripture, you'll find that it speaks of the Word of God as He and uses uh, uh, masculine pronouns such as His. And uh, so you'll find that when the scriptures are talking about the Word of God, we're talking about the very voice of God Himself, which is Jesus Christ to the earth. Uh, his promise was is that he would lead us and guide us. He will do that with his word. Not with his words. He will not direct you to a book and give you instructions in a book that uh, were uh, printed and reprinted, translated and retranslated in uh, many different languages by 40 different authors written to uh, thousands of people that we don't even know in a time that we're not aware of, in a time that we're not familiar with. But uh, he will speak to us in 21st century within our own spirits in a wordless word, in a vocabulary 
that perhaps uh, we haven't even learned yet. Uh, what he does is, is he teaches us by causing us to know. Now, this is not uh, a memorization or an education exercise. He's teaching us by causing us to know. And so, as we read these scriptures, if you find yourself kind of jumping into the uh, more of a sound of a limerick or a poem or a, or a uh, recitation or something that you're familiar with and you do feel in the back of your head or perhaps now even in your heart, hopefully this will become a conviction more so than just a, an offense to your own conscience. But um, if you do feel that within yourself that it is becoming rote, it is R-O-T-E. It is becoming within yourself uh, something of, uh, of a cadence or a limerick, uh, a, a poem or a recitation. I want, you to, I want you to purposefully stop that kind of thinking. I want you to stop that and listen to what the, the, the Lord Jesus has to say. Sometimes we get the idea that a communication between two people is for a person to string together um, uh, several words in a coherent way and so that what they say is what they mean and what they mean can directly be um, iterated, translated, put into words, we call it, put it into words. And um, this depends on so many factors that they're unconscious in many cases, but in a lot of cases, um, it's just misunderstanding. People use words, especially in the day we live in, that simply don't mean what we always thought they meant, or they, they mean today something they didn't mean yesterday. People say things in sarcasm and, and uh, trying to be witty or sardonic, and they, and they have a tendency to say things that um, can be misconstrued and misunderstood. And I'm, I'm afraid that in the age in which we live, uh, there has been an, uh, an education confusion that is embraced by many because they see that as a freedom of expression or poetic license and these kind of things. But I want you to know that I have not found, other than colorful language, other than uh, the, the standard Jewish way of speaking where uh, something is in emphasized by repeating it with different words or in a different way. Uh, I've not found the Lord Jesus dealing in, in areas of sarcasm or saying things that he really didn't mean. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, um, I find myself in the situation all the time, of everything I'm saying being recorded. <laughs> And it's just going to be around forever and ever. And so you have a tendency to be very careful about what you say. Yeah, sometimes I say some really stupid things. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry they're on tape, but they are. Um, but that understood to the exponent of 10 or 100 was the Lord Jesus that knew that what he said to his disciples not only would be remembered by them in a natural way. But his intention was, and he told them, as a matter of fact, that when I go away, 
that I am going to have the Holy Spirit call to your remembrance everything that I said. Now, friend, when when the Holy Spirit calls something to your remembrance, it is not translated, it's not transliterated, it's not changed into anything. It is it is indeed the words that he wants us to say. As a matter of fact, um, the Lord uh, really warned us against uh, and, and taught us to be very, very careful about using our brains or our intellect in certain situations that were making huge demands upon us. He said that there will come a time when you're going to have to stand before kings and before uh, princes and before people who will have your life in their hands. They will decide whether or not you live. Uh, and by the way, those days are coming. Um, if, you, if your intention is to escape them by the rapture, I may have some bad news for you as we continue. But um, we will be um, in a situation where we will essentially buy our lives plead for our lives. And um and Jesus said uh, I can't I can't say that he used the words but I'm saying that it's very easy to understand that what he is saying when he says when you're brought before these people do not premeditate what you will say. You remember this? He said um I don't want you to think about well if they say this then I'm going to say this. And if they accuse me of this, I'm going to show them this. And like you would prepare for perhaps a a court battle or something where you're going to act as your own lawyer. Uh, He said that when we practice this and we depend upon our, um, our intellect or our education or our knowledge of the law, our ability to find loopholes and these kinds of things, he says he's trying to tell us that Although that will be a temptation for you, don't succumb to that because uh, that is going to end up getting you in trouble, essentially, is what he said. And um, he says, rather, we need the Spirit of God to speak through you and as you stand before in these situations where you perhaps may be standing for your life or standing in defense of your own wife and children or, uh, you know, God forbid... But, you know, these things are in, are in many people's futures. They are in the Christian's future as this world gets continually worse and worse. And he's saying that we want the Spirit of God to speak through you because in that hour, the Spirit of God is going to tell you what to say. And when it tells you what to say and you say it, they will neither be able to gainsay nor resist. They're not going to argue with you. They won't be able to argue with you. And they will not be able to resist uh, the truth that, that you have to say. Now, friend, this is talking about the times that we're going to stand b- before uh, the powers that be and, and give an account of our lives. I want you to know that you can live in that to some smaller degree, perhaps to the same degree. I've not experienced it. But uh, I'm I'm certainly not saying it's impossible. But many of us can live in that in uh, that that form of not a blank mind, but a mind that is put on hold. 
Do you know that the Bible uses the word reigns when it talks about the mind? I don't know if you've noticed that in the King James Bible. Uh, it uses the word reigns, uh, a man's reigns. And, and what this is talking about uh, is essentially this is the, the guiding force of a person's life. Uh, have you ever been riding a horse and dropped the reins? <laughs> well, if you do, uh, your next inclination is to get your hands back on them. And the reason that you want to do that is, is because uh, a life without guidance uh, is, is, and a, is like a, a horse without uh, reins attached to his bridle. I certainly don't want you to think that what I'm preaching to you is word of faith doctrine. I do not believe, um, well, any part of it. Uh, but I do happen to do happen to respect for the scriptures say that um, our tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity, and it is set on fire of hell. And and when he says, "Behold, how great a matter a little." a little fire kindleth, um, what it's saying is, is I don't care if you're looking at the Sears Tower on fire or a shack or a 55-gallon drum full of garbage. It doesn't matter how big the fire is. It all starts with a match. Now, I think that it's very important that we um, uh, do speak, as the Scriptures say, as the oracles of God. I think that we should give thought to what we say. But um, mostly what I want you to know is, is this moves out of the area of conscious and deliberate work on our part to make sure that what we hear and what we say is of God. And it, it does, after a while, if you will do what, I, what I'm trying to get across to you, is that, number one, we keep His commandments. Number two, that we never offend our conscience. And three, that we take time every day to hear the voice of God within ourselves, um, this becomes a lifestyle. And uh, you will find that you have the wisdom and you have the knowledge to bring about the good things in your life, the things that need to be brought about in our lives. And um, so I think it's very important that um, as we hear the scriptures being read in our ears, we understand the difference between uh, printed books language, vocabulary, words, and differenti differentiate those from the Word of God. The Word of God is God's communication to our heart. It is outside of vocabulary and words and dictionaries and, and eras of understanding and colloquialisms and, and things that affect all kinds of language. The Lord has the ability to give us this, but you're going to have to be aware. And the best way to remain unaware is for, as we read these scriptures, for you to snap into that, uh, you know, that sing-song uh, cadence and limerick kind of thinking, uh, and you find yourself repeating along with me or, or, or finishing the verse. Or uh, Worse yet is the attitude I was telling you about before, is that attitude, ah, I heard it, I've heard that. I don't know that you've heard that. As I say, Jesus Christ was, um, I think that he was ever so conscious 
of the fact that he was being recorded <laughs> as he spoke. No, there wasn't any recorders, video cameras, cassette tapes, or anything there to record him. But I do know uh, within myself that everything that he said, he knew would be and certainly could be used um, in, in many different ways and many different understandings. And um, so I think he was very careful with his words. Um, that being said, you need to understand that we're not trying to learn what Jesus said, what was, what was written down that claims that Jesus said it. What we're trying to hear is the message behind what he's saying. Friend, there is no way to get that without meditation before the Lord, without an understanding, without the foundational understanding that you do not know. One of the most dangerous things about memorizing Scripture is that attitude about, I know, I know, I know. I, I've said to people so many times, because I think it's just uh, foundationally important, that the Bible is not the Word of God. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. What do you mean you know? Uh, I mean, I don't see anything in your life or your action, your doctrine or or your theology or anything about it that, that shows me that you understand this. Yeah, I know, you know, the Bible says it. You know, his, you know Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Yeah, I know. He's the living Word and the Bible is the written Word. And, and, they, and they start talking about this as if they know. But friend, they don't know. They don't know. Um, if um, if a person settles for a symbol over the substance that it represents, they can say that they know. They can say that they possess. They can say that they have. Uh, that they have attained. But the truth is, they haven't. They don't understand that. They don't understand it at all. They're uh, frail human beings that really, really want to belong. <laughs> and um, and it, it's unfortunate, but we do make this mistake a lot. Uh, one of the things that is, just seems to be very important to us, it seems like the Christian more than anything else, is this thing about, I know, I know, I know. Uh, how do you know? Well, the Bible says... And how do you know this? Because the Bible says, and how do you know that? Because the Bible says, and you find out that you've got a relationship with the Bible and you're telling me that you know that it's not the Word of God, that Jesus Christ is the Word of God? Well, the Word of God says this, and the Word of God says that, and the Word... Wait a minute. You're talking about the Scriptures again. You really know the difference? And, and it turns into this frustrating thing where... The, you know, their attitude is, well, you know what I mean. I, I know what you mean because I was where you are. But once you ever taste of the bread of life, Jesus says, I am that bread. I am your daily bread. I know you thought the little magazine was, but it's not. I know you thought your, Bible, your daily Bible reading was the bread of life, but it's not. The bread of life is Jesus Christ. It is that third element that I tell you, take time every day to hear the voice of God. This is 
your daily bread. This is your manna. And if you do that, if, if it, and I should say when, it, of course if you're keeping the commandments, you're eligible. If you're not keeping the commandments, just go on back to whatever it was you were doing, or start keeping the commandments and enter into this promise. What promise? He said, if you'll keep my commandments, I'll, me and my Father will move into you by way of the Spirit of God, and we'll teach you from the inside. There's the promise, but it's predicated upon you keeping his commandments. Now, once you've done this, and once you have ever tasted of this bread, the Bible says you will never hunger again. You ever, you've heard that, right? Jesus said, you ever taste this bread, you'll never hunger again. You ever taste the water of life? You know what's going to happen? There's going to be a well springing up within your soul. You're never going to thirst again. And until you've experienced that, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Can you imagine getting into a, um, a very difficult situation in your life um, and it's going to require faith, it's going to require perseverance, it's going to require wisdom, it's going to require the knowledge of God. And as it is right now when you get into that situation, perhaps you... Your first inclination is to pray, which uh, unfortunately in many people's understanding of prayer is us telling God what our problem is, us speaking to him. Um, and then the next thing that happens, if it's not the first thing, I've noticed that you know, from talking with people, sometimes it's the first operation in a, in a bad situation is to go straight to the Bible and find some verse in the Bible to give you some kind of comfort. Or in some, people, some people's case, they say that to have something to put their faith in. Well, if our faith is in the Scriptures, our knowledge comes from the Scriptures, our wisdom comes from the Scriptures, where does the promise of Jesus Christ fit in when he says that if you'll keep my commandments, I'll move into you? And I'll lead you and guide you from the inside. Where does that fit? You know what? It doesn't. It just doesn't fit. Our attitude is that if you'll be a Christian, if you'll accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that I'm going to give to you. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. No, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And how are you going to do that? I'm going to send you a book. Listen, friends, God's not a book. He never has been. He never will be. I'm not discounting this book, but we're not going to make it into, you know, some kind of a, a talisman. We're not going to make it into a book of incantations like we're all a bunch of witches and warlocks. That's not what we're supposed to do. This is testimonies of men who believe God. And they believed God when God spoke to them. You won't find Abraham flipping through a book somewhere and saying, oh, it says here that I should leave my father and mother and leave Haran and go and find a city whose builder and maker is God. That's what I'm going to do. No, he heard the voice of God. Read the 11th chapter of Hebrews. I dare you to find anybody that has ever been brought to uh, that uh, place where God is honoring them as men and women of faith, I dare you to find one 
that didn't hear God's voice. They didn't receive their instruction from a book. Friend, this is, this is why we're, we're lacking so badly. This is, have you ever heard somebody get into a situation and they go for help and they get around some churchified panty waist preacher somewhere and he's and he gives them a verse or you know a verse of the scriptures and you think what the heck does that have to do with their situation well how is that gonna what (laughs) and you're just well this is what he's trained to do he just gives people verses and you know and, and they've got these coverall verses you know that you can use in any situation let not your heart be troubled, brother. You believe in God, believe also in me. I'm asking you how to quit smoking. <laughs> what what has this scripture got to do with it? And but of course nobody's going to speak that way to a preacher because you know of that false sense of of superiority and and he certainly he knows better than I do. He's got a robe on with bars on the sleeves. Where do you get those bars? At the Christian bookstore. <laughs> all right. Um, the idea is not to speak disparagingly all the time about conventional Christianity. The, the idea is, is to reinforce Christianity with the words of Christ. And his words are these. Keep my commandments. You keep my commandments, I'll move into you. And I'll lead you and guide you into all truth. Friend, that doesn't apply to you. If you're going to insist on repeating the verses as you hear them read, insisting that you know them because you've heard them before, this is going to have to be a time of starting over brand new. Time's gone for now. I need you to do something for me. I want to hear from you. I want to know who you are and where you're listening to this broadcast. Send your questions and your comments. Uh, and I'll, I'll be glad to answer them, either on TRI Radio, Think Reading TV. Just let me know. Or you can write to our post office box, Think Reading Ministries, P.O. Box 718, Pytown, New Mexico, 87827. Sorry for the long introduction today, but uh, we're going to get back into the Sermon on the Mount next time. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.